This is the Thanksgiving turkey show. Not turkey, just Thanksgiving show. Yeah. It really is. It's not just about turkey people. We're giving thanks. It can be. But we are giving thanks. We are gra- we are gracious and gratitudinous, if that's a word. <laughs> or gratitude. Gratitudinous. Yes. Too true. <laughs> Too true. Gratitudinal, right? Okay. Um, we do have one. We have another. We do have the phone lines are open all during the entire show. 651-641-1071. We have a, a Jamie hanging on the line. We want to get to her question. So, Jamie, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Hi Jamie. I, um, good morning. I am thinking about making the turkey that's in a bone appetit, and I'm hoping that you guys have seen it. So they totally, they take it apart. So all the parts are separate, and then they dry brine it. With some spices and, you know, salt and whatever. Yep. And I just wondered if you guys had looked at that recipe at all and if you had any opinion on it. We both have the magazine. We will hold it up for you. (laughs) We do. Expertly sliced and glazed roast turkey. Stephanie, you've spatchcocked. Yeah, I spatchcocked last year. Remember, I did uh, the turkey roulade. So I only cooked the breasts for the table. And then I took the legs and I did this roulade situation, which I don't think I'll do again because that was really hard. But, um, and it wasn't that big of a payoff but i did like and here's the other thing i also i'm, I'm definitely for cutting it up and cooking it separately and i'm also for yeah. not putting it in a roasting pan but putting it on a sheet tray sheet so th- pan, yeah because it's that's and i agree i've always thought that when we're sticking it in the roasting pan it kind of is down in there and then you're you're not getting that whole oven experience i feel like it kind of traps some of the moisture so I really think that the sheet pan is a great idea. But you got to have a plan yeah. for your gravy because you're not going to have all use, that good gravy juju. Yeah, and I don't, and that's for me, that's never been where I make the gravy anyway because I always make it before. So. I'm making my gravy tomorrow. I already have like turkey parts. And, yeah. I've, you know. So and you're I'm, good. Yeah. I totally do I'm it then. <laughs> that, that's a good, that is a good thing okay. to have also. So, for me, it's kind of like that is a, a thing that you need to either get really right or not care about, you know? Yeah, all right. Good. All right, Jamie, good luck. All right, we also have Katie on the line. Hey, Katie, what's going on today? Hey, I got one that's right in your wheelhouse. I'm looking for a suggestion for a signature cocktail to serve. I've got a small group. Last year, I made a fig simple syrup and did a gin thing. And the year before, I made a picture of perfect Manhattans, which was great because they were just ready to go. But do you have a thought on something I might do, maybe involving bourbon, brandy, or gin? Yes. I have 50 Thanksgiving cocktail (laughs) recipes that your guests will be grateful for. Um, I actually was, was thinking, and some people don't like this idea, but starting with a cider... Oh, that's a nice idea. I I think it's good for both kids and adults, and with the adults, oh, like you a, can, you're not talking a hard cider then. No, like a hot cider, like an and apple then, cider. Yeah, and so then you can for the kids, you just put a little cinnamon stick, and so they can feel like grown ups. But for the adults, then you have your bourbon, your whiskey, or your dark rum, and everybody can put their own spin on it. So it's it's just the liquor and the warm cider yeah and you could zhuzh it up with cinnamon you could put nutmeg grated over it you could put star anise you could put some orange slices you could make it like look prettier if you wanted to have it in some kind of a carafe or um some kind of a self-serve situation or like even like a fondue pot 
Oh, yeah, I got one of those. Well, love it. I, I knew you guys would have my back. Thank you. You're okay, welcome, Okay, here's my Kate. other one in case you need another one, and I'll just tell her because okay, I think they I just cut her off. No problem. Her. <laughs> um, cranberry margarita. Tequila and cranberries? Yeah, so to make the cranberry syrup and to do like a cranberry margarita, I think is fun and festive too for a Thanksgiving. Okay. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit different. I just worry about putting tequila in people's faces before <laughs> we even get to dinner. Just one. Just saying. Just one. Really? Just one? Is that how, whose house is that? <laughs> okay. Then you move into the sparkly and the wine. That's, God. I mean, I am already usually 90% in the bag by the time the dinner hits the table. I appreciate your honesty, friend. I am. I, do. I just, and all my family, I, I think I've given the same Thanksgiving toast for four years, those poor people. <laughs> I think I'm so original every time. Okay, everybody, listen up. All right, we're going to do the top two in hour two. Yes. Give me the old one, one, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... One, two, top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, these are a couple things that we are obsessed with this week. You go first. Um, okay, our friends at Tattersall, this is a, a, a solution to the question that we just had, too. Our friends at Tattersall have come up with a completely complete bottled old-fashioned. So you can buy it. It is generally thirty four ninety nine is, I think, what they're asking for it. So it's a little less expensive than Heather Manley's, which is also fantastic. Hers is called the Manley. Mm-hmm. And it is fully bottled and ready to go. So you can purchase this and you just talk about a signature cocktail. You can put it in a pitcher and you just pour it and it looks like you made it, but it's already pre-made. It's the Tattersall Old Fashioned. It's real good. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Yep. It's really, really delicious. I so love it. That's one of my top twos. All right. Uh, one of my top twos is butter. And <laughs> just butter. And I'm just going to tell you, my top two this today is to say, buy the good butter. butter. Put it on your table. Give the gift of really good high fat butter. Land Lakes is doing a lovely extra fat, you know, spread like European style butter. You know that I love the Danish Lurpak. You guys know that I'm, that's one of my favorite. I got a block of Kerrygold as well. As How a, about the little turkey butters? They're cute. No, they're cute, but they're not, that's not it. They're not good butter. They're not, they're not good butter. They're it's, so cute though. I, here, buy one of those and stick it on top of a better piece of butter. Oh, like, that's how about funny. that? Yeah, you, know? you can have like a like, butter mountain. Like, this is mountain. for cute and then this <laughs> is for eating. Put this in your face. But all I'm saying is that like, you know, chinsing on the butter at this point at like when you're doing the feast and the spread and everything else just like give yourself the the gift of good butter is my point you're only doing it a couple times a year just do it do it so there's my first one go ahead okay my second one is you need to have if you're making gravy this is my mom's trick this is like the thing you need okay okay it's called kitchen bouquet it is in the spice aisle of your grocery store, or you can buy it on Amazon or buy it online. It is a brown plastic bottle, and inside it is this weird gravy magic. And it's basically flavoring an MSG stuff. Yeah. But it makes the best gravy, and it makes the gravy the right color. And it takes your gravy and like totally amps it up to the next level. Okay. I don't know why it works. Maybe it's just the stuff in there. I don't know. And I only <laughs> use it when I make gravy at Thanksgiving because I don't That's want all- my gravy to be white. I want it to be like a rich, dark, beautiful looking gravy when I bring it to the table. It's like $2.79 a bottle. It's if you're a- panicking and you don't have this, you can use soy sauce, but be careful because...
because it can make the gravy super salty. Yeah. But about a tablespoon of soy sauce can work too. Kitchen, it says kitchen bouquet is a browning and seasoning sauce primarily composed of caramel with vegetable flavorings. Yep. I know that it's not like good for you. It's probably full of crap, but it. But it's been used since approximately eighteen seventy three. Yeah, it's your mom's magic secret. Your More grandma than your used it. Yeah, you got to get some. That's really fun. Kitchen bouquet. I've totally seen it before, and it's like that. It's like the Maggi sauce, the M A G G I. That's right. I love that stuff too. It's not. I don't know, but it works, right. and you only use it for making gravy. Okay, I love that. Someone else said they put it in their pot roast gravy too. Oh, that's kitchen bouquet. Kitchen bouquet. Um, okay, so my second one is just something from I ate out this week, and I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. That I was at the pick, I was at the Bachelor Farmer uh, this Yum. week when we did. Uh, we had a a really cool symposium about the old fashioned and the cocktail itself, and did some history. And we had some speakers, and it was really cool. But I got to eat dinner with them at the Bachelor Farmer, and Jonathan Gans, you know, is the chef there now, and he's kind of new, but our friend Alan Burgo is foraging for them, like, professionally, and I gotta tell you, they put down this little plate of green things, and they, and I was like, oh, olives, you know, that's what they look like, and she said, these are crab apples, and they were pickled pickled like olives, and they were, I can't stop thinking about them, like, pickled like and i now i'm wishing i had them for the feast yeah. you know what i mean but there were these just little foraged crab apples Yum. that were then pickled and they were salty but they were had this little tartness to them and they yum. were like i put the whole thing in my face and just ate it all I like crazy i know and i'm so <laughs> like i'm telling you right now so that you go and and eat there and and have some but what i'm saying is i really need to figure out how to pickle some crab apples. Should we have Alan Burgo on yeah. again? Because he's so great. Maybe we should have. Maybe maybe in the springtime. I for know the when there's more foraging. Because it's not going to be foraging a lot, I think, right now. Other than nuts. You know, things like that. Yeah, nuts. Nuts. All right, the you squirrels guys. are getting them all. <laughs> they are. They are going. I know. They're just, it's everyone's like freaking massive out. squirrel time right now. They are in a frenzy. Like, the snow is coming. Well, Hurry. So my neighbor said, well, if there's foraging high... Or if they're burying them high, it means that there's going to be a lot of snow. But if they're kind of rustling around on the ground more than up high, then it's going to not be snowy. And I'm just here to tell you, they are going low. Oh. I am seeing hole after hole after hole. They are so going low. So you don't low. think there's going to be a lot of snow then? I don't know. I'm don't just know. telling you the squirrels are digging low. No, <sighs> down deep. Yeah, so, but no, that but if they say that if they bring them high, like high up into the trees, that means there's going to be more snow. Because then they know that they're not going to be able to get them. Wow. I know. Well, I, feel I don't know like how they know. I think it's all. It's cool pro- thinking about know, that, though. It is. They might. They might. They survive anything. They're like the rats. They, they, they are. <laughs> they are. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick issues. break. We're going to come back and I don't know. We're going to talk sides. We're going to talk hacks. We're going to ca- talk dishes again. The phone lines are open. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And we are going to have the pleasure later this hour of talking with the Thanksgiving queen herself, Lynn Rosetto Casper, mm-hmm. who we are just so fond of. And she's just been such an icon in the Twin Cities food scene. So that's going to be fun. But right now we're taking your question, 651-641-1071. This is our getting real turkey time pre-Thanksgiving show giving you questions to your answers 
So here is one that questions came in. Questions to your answers? Answers to your questions. <laughs> Every year I get assigned a salad or a vegetable for Thanksgiving. And this is from our friend, Allie Kaplan. <laughs> she says, then I have to overachieve so my relatives know that I'm just more than a head of lettuce. Because she's a vegetarian. Yes. And she gets teased. Because yeah. that's all she eats. So any fresh ideas for her for salad? No, I think she should do a vegetable. I think we're done with salads, Allie. I think I think you have so. I mean, let's just be clear that the sa- the the vegetables are the jewels of the Thanksgiving table. This is your moment to shine. Can we expand though on what the idea of salad is? Because salad could be some farro with some roasted pumpkin. Oh, yeah. And some arugula. I guess I think of that as I, I. So in your mind, is a salad just a cold vegetable type dish, and then no. maybe okay, okay. So no. what's your so? But what's your so? I, think, I guess mine is salad is kind of a melange of things that come together with a dressing of some sort. A dressing, okay. Yeah. Okay, but you wouldn't do it a hot. You wouldn't consider it a hot dish, though. You would have it be cold. Yes, or room temperature. Okay. Okay. Or I. But then that's not true. Like, I think it's a salad to have farro, roasted pumpkin, toss that with some arugula, some nuts, and then have like a nice bright vinaigrette that ties it all together. And I would like to see that on my Thanksgiving salad plate. Yeah. I Okay, so here's a question. Do you have a salad plate? Like, do you set a table with like, there's the main plate and then there's a salad plate? I like to. Do you? I like to. Yes, okay. I have salad plates. I don't have enough room on my table for that. I know. And it's tricky. And it depends on how many you have. Right. And speaking of that, so you're looking for a vegetable idea for well, Allie. I just think that she she did something like, I was thinking this would be really fun to do. I was looking for this specific one. This shaved fennel, it said this is shaved fennel salad with oranges, black olives, and pistachios. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, so not even, there's no lettuce, like no lettuce whatsoever. But it's like, it's almost like a slaw. You know, like the difference between a slaw is not like a runny, gloppy mess, of course. I'm just talking fennel to me is such an underserved vegetable. And when you use it correctly, people love it. But it's also polarizing because it's got that black licorice flavor. But so not could really. you do the same thing with a brus- shaved Brussels sprouts? No, Brussels are way more sulfurous than I think. A- fennel is so much more delicate. The thing about having Brussels sprout salads, too. Yeah, it's you too, get so full. It's just too sulfurous for me. Also, I'm not going to eat them raw because of that, because it, the, I eat them the raw. Impact, but it just like makes yeah. my stomach hurt if I eat too stomach. many. Yeah, so I think this one is pretty good, and it's basically what's nice about it is you just it's it's like you know a fennel bulb that you kind of shave and and slice into these lovely little like strips, and then it's it's oranges and then pistachios, a little bit of sherry vinegar, um, and some olive oil, and then these lovely oil cured black olives. I'm not talking like canned black olives. I'm talking those beautiful French. Yeah, those French beautiful olives that you can just pick up at the Byerly's or Lund's Olive Bar. And then just some parsley and, you know, it, that's it. And it's just got a little bit of crunch. It's got a little bit of salty with a little bit of citrus. It's a balanced dish. You could also do creamed onions. You just yeah, buy the frozen hard, pearl onions. But if you're doing creamed things, that's hard if you're bringing something, I think. If you're you cooking the cream temperature. So you cook them in the morning, you put them in yeah. your whatever pampered chef thing that keeps them warm and you've got a golden crust on it and you set them down on the table. Yeah. Throw a little chives on the top and walk away. Yeah. I always worry about cream dishes bringing them. That's just me. I mean, I'm just always if I everybody's obsessed with keeping everything hot. Yeah. And again, that's why I like like when I say salad. I think I don't think there's any room for lettuces at my table. Is my point. But I think you could do you know a kind of a bowl. 
So that's what I like about that. Here's a question that has come in. 651-641-1071. If you have more questions, we're taking them. Uh, This is, how many people is too many people for Thanksgiving dinner? Is it rude to use paper plates? I have 18 people coming, and as I'm preparing, it's a lot of plates. It's never rude. It's what you're doing is you're cooking food and you're giving love to people. And however that vehicle works for you is how it works. That being said, (laughs) you only do this one time a year. I would rather, you know what I mean? Like the feast, if you have 18 people coming to me, also paper plates are not, unless you're getting the top drawer paper plates, the ones that are like the Chinette ones that are, that will not be flimsy and can hold gravy and mashed potatoes and a lot of, you know, wet substances. I would say it's better to have, you know, I mean... A sister-in-law that does the dishes. Yeah, and if it's... A dishes line. It's just, I mean, if it's about doing dishes, for sure, you should you should do plates. If it's about, like, you don't have enough plateware, I mean, I would say, here's a little fun thing that I have done in the past, which is I have gone to Goodwill, and I have, or Arks Valley Village, and they have a million plates for a couple pennies. You know, it's like not even a dollar for like us. And they have all these and it's kind of fun to have a mix mix and and match match. tablescape. That's kind of a fun thing too. So I would say pick up plates that are better than the paper ones. And then you'll save yourself a lot. You may have to wash them, but you're going to save yourself a lot of muckety muck, I think. And it depends. Like if you're doing a buffet, I think tape paper plates, if they're high quality and they'll hold up is fine. I'm just going to say it. If you're having a lot of people, you're usually doing a buffet. But I don't say there's a difference between your plate of if you're doing a buffet, if you're sitting at a table. There should, I don't, what's the difference? Because I feel like it's less formal at a buffet to grab a paper plate and to go through the line. I think that's fine. If you're grabbing a plate and then going back, I don't know. I guess it seems different to me because you're not setting a formal table. So it's easier to hide that you're using paper plates. Well, see, that's my point is like, you're not really hiding anything at Thanksgiving. Like, you know, this is like, it's like a picnic and a buffet and like going up to that kind of a thing is different. But Thanksgiving isn't about like hiding it. You know what I mean? Like, but I, 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 just because most tables, you can't fit all the stuff anyway. And so like having half of it on a credenza that's not the same as like buffet in my mind, you know, even though it is because we do that for sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Okay. We so have, that's the how we feel on paper plates. We have Anne on the phone. Anne, you have a salad idea? I'm just going to say wild rice. Yes. Oh. Totally seasonal. You yep. can throw cranberries yep. in it, pecans, sweet potato squash, whatever you want. I've been a vegetarian for years and everyone... The thing about it is it doesn't feel like a weird vegetarian add-on. Right. It feels like a part of the harvesty table. Well done, Anne. Yeah. Well yeah. done. I'm going to, and you could even, if you wanted to, throw that on a pile of greens if greens are your jam. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Some spinach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Also, you know, the wild rice uh, thing that, that Sean Sherman, who was on not too long ago, he you know, brought up the three sisters, which is that bean corn and squash and squash right but i think that i was thinking to make that essentially minnesotan is to throw wild rice in that yes that would be excellent i like the idea of wild rice and i always like wild rice with poultry yeah you're right that it is really feels good good to me that's super good okay 651-641-1071 we're still taking your calls people yep we have like one minute before we gotta zip it up and then what's happening next <gasps> oh i know i know 
Set have, the table because I know okay. I'm going to geek out and I'm going to sound weird. You're going to have to take it down. A notch. I know because okay. I like her so much, I know. and then I like accost her. Okay. Last so, time we did an event together, I was just I know in her face. I know. <laughs> so I love your fangirlness about it. It's truly lovely, and that's what's wonderful. In fact, Stacy, our friend, said she's beyond excited to hear her voice on the radio again. Oh, me too. So the thing is, you guys. So Lynn Rosetto Casper, who is just a national icon. For the splendid table, but she's also, you know, a local lady. She's ours. She's ours. And she's, uh, she's, you know, busy doing projects at home and getting ready for her own feast, but she agreed to call in after many years of being a part of the Thanksgiving show that the splendid table does. And they do that on, I think, on Thanksgiving. <coughs> and, um, they have a great lineup again this year, but so she agreed to come in and talk, a, a, come on and talk a little bit about some tips and tricks and some fun stuff that she's learned over the years. So we are going to give her a call. So stay tuned. We'll be with her in a few minutes. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this very special Thanksgiving show. We are, uh, we've been taking your calls. Lots of good questions. Okay. We are very honored to have Ms. Lynn Rosetto Casper on the line. Are you there, Lynn? I'm here. Yay! Oh, just hearing Welcome you is to the so show. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Well, I think you guys are great, so oh. I'm delighted to be here. Well, good. So Thanksgiving, the feast, you know, is very important to all of us, of course. But, you know, you are someone who has spoken about it and, and really sort of done the deep dive on the you feast. the for, turkey line. For many years, right? And, right. I mean, does it ever get old for you? Are you done with it? Are you over it? Well, you know, now I'm retired from the show, and right. Francis Lamb is, is doing it, and he's doing a bang-up job. He is. But I love doing it. I, the whole crew loved doing it. Uh, it, it was total seat-of-the-pants radio, <laughs> and, and people were, you know, this is a time of year, it always, it always sort of tickles me, that people are really ready to tell stories, laugh at, you know, the, the crazy stuff that happens, and it... Well, it just makes it a great way to spend Thanksgiving morning. That's what it comes down to. That's pretty true. Also, while you're preparing your food. Yes, yes. And kind of since you're at the elbow of thousands of people across the country as they're cooking. But the other thing is, you know, how how else would you figure out, well, maybe not everything, but just about all the things that can go wrong. And in, in, I'd go right in roasting a turkey and right. getting a dinner on the table. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any remembrances of like maybe the craziest story someone called in with? Or oh my lord, uh, there are stories I would tell every year because they were they were sort of classic. And um, one of the ones, and this was a case where it had a. To me, this is a bittersweet story. We got a call from a woman. I think she was in Florida, and. <laughs> She explained that uh, she, we, we were talking about disaster stories, and she said this had happened, I think, the previous Thanksgiving, that she had everything done. You know, that the, the, the nibbles or the hors d'oeuvre were out on the coffee table, mm-hmm. and the turkey was in the oven, and everything was organized. The guests were coming in maybe a half hour, and she was in the shower. She had two little boys, and she had a dog oh. that loved to bark and jump on people, and didn't want the dog to get to the goodies that were on the coffee table, so she asked the boys to watch the dog. The boys tied the dog's leash to the oven door handle, (gasps) and uh, the doorbell rang, the dog went crazy, and the poor animal yanked 
the door off of the oven. <laughs> and because this is the this is the, the sad part of it, this animal was terrified. Right. And of course, every time the animal moved, this thing banged, and he tore through the house and got into the living room. And the poor animal, you know, was totally panicked. But <laughs> can you imagine the disaster? No, oh my God! I having can't. trailing an oh. oven door. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh my word. You know, and she's wrapped in a towel. Right. She's in a towel, <laughs> and there's yeah. someone at the door. <laughs> yeah. My my one of my other favorite stories was we were talking about all the unusual ways you know people calling in with, um, you know I this is the way I make a turkey and this is the way I make a turkey and we got a call from a man who said, you people you know you don't you you talk about unusual, he said I'm a roofer, and this is how we make our Thanksgiving turkey. You wrap it in a lot of foil, you put it in a pail, and you pour in hot tar. And, you know, I never knew if it was a real story or not. Good but, Lord. But it was just, that's it a, was a lot of foil, I hope. That's a lot of foil. I'm hoping that sucker is sealed up tight. Yeah, yeah. And then the third story that I always remember, and this isn't really funny, was um, we we got a call from a young woman, and she was really upset. I could t- she, she sounded like she was going to cry. She was newly married. She never cooked. She had gotten, you know, the Thanksgiving meal because her husband had volunteered that to his family that she was going to do the entire meal herself. She had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> oh, God. She was utterly terrified, and she called us for help. So the first thing that occurred to me was divorce the guy. Right. First of all. <laughs> yeah, get rid yeah. of the husband, you know, call out for delivery right. and, or ask for help. Uh, I walked her through it, suggested that she get her in-laws on the phone and say, hey, anybody want to bring a salad? Yes. You know, kind of thing. But I just felt so badly for her. That's so I funny. I really did. I, I figured, who is this man? Who is this man <laughs> who has volunteered your skills for this? Exactly. And put you in this position. Yes. This is not right. Lynn, is so there? Anyway, yes, a lot of great stories and just great people. People are so willing to just have fun with it. Yeah. And also, there are real problems. And it feels kind of good to be able to help out with all of that. Yeah, to just talk to people that might be feeling lonely. or what, is there, yeah. Was there a question that you got, like, all the time? Like, the question? Well, the question that I always felt like then I became the food police was the turkey had been left out overnight. Yeah. <laughs> For all kinds of, you know, sensible reasons. Right. Definitely never intentionally. No. No. And you had to say to people, there's got to be somebody out there selling turkey breasts right now. Yeah. Just, uh, because it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And that's something, I, you know, for all the, the, the stuff we talk about, about safety and food and recalls and all of that, never defrost anything on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Yeah. This, and, and especially not a big piece of meat. So, yeah, that was the, one of the repeating ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel? I need to know how you feel. Do you put, put the stuffing in the turkey or not in the turkey? I love the stuffing in the turkey. Do you? But too. that's if I'm doing a slow roast. Okay. And the other thing is, <clears throat> I've got a terrible frog this morning. Excuse <laughs> me. The other thing is, always make sure. <clears throat> oh, boy. It's that me. time of year, Lynn. We've been <clears throat> coughing, too. Yeah, I think this is called... 
November. Yes. Yeah. In Minnesota, it certainly is. Yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. Um, anyway, make sure everything in the stuffing is cooked before it goes into the bird. Oh, right. Yeah, right. because the raw sausage and all of that, you never know if the center of that stuffing is going to get up to something like 160 degrees. Right. And usually, sometimes it doesn't, especially if it's cold. Hmm. So just always make sure everything is cooked. I love a stuffed bird. Do you? But if I'm doing fast cooking, there's two ways to cook a turkey. You know, with all the mysterious incantations, there's basically two choices. Slow roast, fast roast. Yeah. <laughs> and generally, a fast roast works best when you've brined, either dry brined or wet brined the turkey. And you get crisp skin. You do, uh, you do 10 minutes to the pound at 450. Okay. okay. But it works best, I think, when the turkey is not stuffed. Yeah. Now, if you're doing slow roasting, yeah. 325, eh, 13, 15 minutes to the pound, that kind of thing, you want to get at the center of the breast an internal temperature of about 155 to 160 degrees. Okay. And then what you want to do, and this is unwritten law, Number one, when the turkey comes out of the oven, give it about 20 to 30 minutes of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you get, it makes all the difference in the world. All the juices settle in. <clears throat> and the other trick I learned is they always tell you to tent it with foil. Right. Well, I like crisp skin. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind a slightly cooler bird, but crunchy skin. Yeah. And when you tent it, you steam it. And the skin, unfortunately, kind of gets soft. Right. I love a good crispy skin. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's my have favorite you ever part. Tried, have you tried the baking powder trick? No, no. It dries it out, though. It does? The skin? Yeah. But it makes it crispy then. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think, the trick, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, it doesn't dry the bird out. Yeah, no. because I found it really gives me crunch. Yeah. If you'll pardon these. And what we're talking about is... You use a small amount of baking powder in your seasoning, like, you know, a teaspoon, a half a teaspoon. Yeah. And you rub it into the skin. And I rub it into the skin with a little olive oil because it never hurt, or butter. But butter that, never hurt. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. But that essentially is, is the thing that gives you that crispy, crunchy skin. So anyway, point being that slow roast, yes stuff for me personally. And I always make sure I have some stuffing that accidentally gets into the bottom of the pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to soak you up know, the you know, buttery. It, yeah, it's so delicious. And one of the other things is instead of using an oven rack, I make a rack out of vegetables. This is a And good. apples, if yeah. I'm in the mood, you know, or pears. Right, right. So, you know, a couple of whole carrots, a couple of celery ribs, some thick cut onion. And the turkey, all of that is going to flavor all the pan juices. Yeah. And the pan juices are going to make great gravy. Oh, well, Lynn, thank you so much for being on today and giving us this extremely important intel. We are honored. We are so lovely. <laughs> and I think you should just be an annual part of the show. So, If I'm in town, I'd love to do it. All if right. I love it. I'd love I'm going to hold it. 
We'll hold you to that. Well, I hope your feast is a wonderful feast. And, uh, and you too, guys, and thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We are very thankful for you. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> thank you. We'll be right Bye. back. Oh. We are Weekly Dish, and we are here for you. Thanks to our friends at El Burrito Mercado. They have their location in Minneapolis. They also have a location in St. Paul. If you need catering help for the holidays, they can help you. If you want to buy some mole for that leftover great turkey, you can. Also, my favorite, the stuffed jalapenos that you can bake for an appetizer. Yum, they're you delicious. You do love those. You do um, love those. We've gotten a number of people that wanted me to repeat something that Lynn Rose at El Casper said, so I'm going to do that. And that is, um, if you want to do the dry rubbed fast roast turkey, it is 450 degrees, and you do that um, dry rub it, and 10 minutes per pound. If you want to do the slow roasted turkey, it's 325, and you cook it for 13 to 15 minutes, and you wait until the internal temperature of the breast is 155 to 160 degrees. That is Lynn Rosetto Casper's turkey plan. Good, 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 good. Do you have, are you doing anything that's like a risk on your menu? Like, are you taking any leaps, like giant leaps? Um, Sort of. Okay. I'm bringing a salad to my sister's house, which nobody knows or has asked for or wants, but I feel like we need it. <laughs> I'm also going to bring some roast carrots to her that um, I do a roast carrot and I put goat cheese on it, but I'll put the goat cheese on the side because my sister doesn't like goat cheese. Okay. Um, My risk is going to be corn pudding. Okay. And then I'm going to do that on our Thanksgiving. We have some new people coming this year. People are getting older, and Kurt's mom has some friends that need a place to go. So, yep. And you've never done it before, no. corn pudding? Nope. Interesting. And it's another oven thing, which is usually not my favorite because you're no. you know, having oven space. But I think I can cook it in the 20 minutes that the turkey is resting, and we're making the gravy. Okay. I am doing... Um, Something that I just... You do something every year, just for the record. For the record. Well, if you're not going to take a risk, I mean, you can't have the same meal every year. I feel like I know there are plenty of people who do. I'm just saying, I don't know why I'm going to spend the time that it takes to put on a massive feast and do the same thing every year. Like that... I hear you. Yeah. So, let's see. I can't even... Like I said, I don't have last year's for some reason, but I do know that... You know, I did the roulade last year, and that was a mer, and uh, with the legs. But this year, the hipster carrots. A couple people have called and asked about what I'm doing with the hipster carrots this year, because I've done the Moroccan, you know, flavoring a little bit of harissa. We've done honey. We've done all sorts of things like that. I am going to do something called a volavant, which is you take puff pastry and you make these little like cups out of it. Okay. And then you hollow them out. I'm going to put a little bit of goat cheese in the bottom and I'm going to swirl my hipster carrots like a rose inside that. Oh, that's really pretty. I know, right? That's really like pretty. for a fun little difference. That's, that's what I That's really pretty and then they're like little tartlets yeah, on your plate. Yeah, they're like these little tartlets. That's that, cute. You remember what I did for Easter? I made that sort of big pie that shape that was kind of like a swirly rose with squash and stuff. Anyway. Yes, I yes. do remember that. Yeah, so it's like the little mini versions of that. Cute. I know. Hey, we do have Annie on the line. Hi. Hey, Annie, what's Hi. going on? Hi, ladies. So I am now, because I like to get my kitchen organized early in the morning, I do my turkey in a roasting pan so my oven is open. Okay. Um, can you get that crispy skin in, in a roasting pan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. 
Oh, you can't. Yeah. Because mine just seems to be, doesn't, do you need to open up the top or? So don't, so I would say that your crispy skin, there's a couple things. First of all, you do want to have it buttered. You know what I mean? You want to give it a good oily or buttery rub. But then I was, you know, if you have, we were talking about that, doing that little baking powder, just a little bit will help tighten up the actual skin to make it, you know, kind of crisp a little bit easier. Um, But then I would also say that if you are not getting like a good browned bird, then make sure you can always like after you let it rest for a little while before you cut it, you can stick it back in the oven under the broiler with a little bit of butter on the skin and then crisp it up that way, too. Yeah, that's a good idea, but it's um, it's a monster, so that's a pain. <laughs> yeah, it is a monster, right? Yeah, so you want to get it done right away, right? Why are you putting yeah. the top on it? Pardon me? Why are you putting the top on your roaster? Um, You know, I kind of get, I do the whole cook. I cook the whole thing in there oh, in the morning. And isn't the roasting pan supposed to have the top on it the whole time? No. no. Take oh. the top off your roasting pan and yeah. just roast her up. I didn't realize you had the top on it. <laughs> That's why your skin's not good. Yeah. Because oh, okay. it needs to get that direct heat instead of indirect heat. And if you feel like it's getting too brown or you're concerned about it, just put a piece of tin foil over the brown the part. Yeah. And you can also do that, like, you can do that at the end. You know what I mean? You can do a lot of it in the beginning and keep, if you want to keep the lid on to kind of make sure that it's getting done and then take it off, like, you know, with the last hour. Really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't um, even know why right, they serve you. lids. Yeah. I think right. it's just for transport. Thanks, Annie. All right. Well, I mean... Yeah, I guess I didn't. I didn't hear that part where yeah, she said she's she had got the, the lid. lid on. Can't have the lid on. You it's can't not have crisp, crisp skin up. with that. No, and that's the whole point is you need to have it be direct to the heat above it. <clears throat> um, uh, can I ask you about? Um, are you having bread at the table? Like, do you do bread? Or I know yes. stuffing is bread. Here's the thing: is like I've just realized. Like, I go into all these pains to either make rolls, like Parker House rolls. Those have failed me every time I tried to make. I them. I got a hack for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Rhodes frozen rolls. Okay. They're in the frozen section. I They're mean, balls. But sure. The night before. Okay. You put them in your pan or on a sheet tray, what, however you want them. I like complete buns because I want to use those for sandwiches the next day. So I put them out. Okay. I put a piece of buttered saran wrap on top. So now they rise in the morning when I have turkey oven free. I pull off that sheet and I bake those and I get a perfectly delicious, tastes like homemade roll. Okay. That then I use for the turkey sandwiches later in the evening. But do you serve them on the table? Yes. Like with dinner? Yep. Oh. And then whatever's left over and then we always make extra. Those are, that becomes the turkey Sammy roll. Okay. I just don't know if I need bread and stuffing. We have two callers. Alice, you're on the line. What's up? Hi, Alice. Alice, are you there? Real, yes, real quickly. Okay, I do my turkey in a brown grocery bag with Italian dressing poured over it. That turkey will be so brown you won't believe it. Oh. It is wonderful. Okay. That's, okay. that's a good tip. Thanks, Alice. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, that's brown we just paper lost bag. The other one. I don't know. That scares me. I know. Okay, well, that's it, guys. We'll take your continued questions on Facebook. Go to the Weekly Dish Facebook page. I'll be working this afternoon to get all your questions answered. And we'll post a whole bunch of recipes, some of our favorites. I know that someone asked me about cream corn, and I haven't put that up this year, so I'll make sure you get that. And we'll be back for the post-Thanksgiving show with Stephanie's son, Jake, and my daughter, Ellie. And so we want you guys to have a great feast. Send us your pictures, tag us, and really enjoy your day and be grateful for each other. 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.